You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. There is a place where time stands still, where nature is harsh and demanding, where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. All you've got to do now is pass the Australian culture test. Three simple questions, three correct answers, and you go through that doorway to the greatest little country. Hi everyone, Annie here for Showreel. I hope you are coping with COVID and keeping safe. Of course, it isn't just you and me that have had to change approach to life and everything during the pandemic. Filmmakers and distributors have had to dodge the lockdowns around the country while they work out the best ways to bring their films to your screens. One such film is Streamline. Streamline is a coming-of-age film built around the pressures on a 15-year-old boy favoured or cursed, depending on your view, with the potential for Olympic gold in swimming. Written and directed by Tyson Wade Johnston, starring Levi Miller, and co-produced by Ian Thorpe. The film had an online screening during MIF and will have follow-up regional screenings as part of the MIF Travelling Showcase and Cinefest Oz Film Festival. There will be a theatrical release starting September the 2nd in all states not in hard lockdown, Tasmania, Queensland, Northern Territory, Western Australia and South Australia, with New South Wales and Victoria able to catch it on stand from September the 16th. And it is worth seeing. I got to speak to Jake Ryan, who plays Dave Bush, the older brother and antithesis of Boy, the young champion swimmer. Let's start with um, uh, the fact that you didn't actually start your life thinking you were going to be an actor. Can you work, tell us a little bit about how you got to be in the acting field? Um, yeah, I mean, I started off, it was the last thing on my mind, I think, um, all through my primary school, high school. I had sort of, uh, I dove into um, Taekwondo quite heavily competition side of it um, <clears throat> with the sort of aim and dream of Olympic uh, of Olympic glory. And that, um, that was all sort of going to plan and through my late teens and early 20s. Um, and... I'd met along the way. I'd, uh, my dad had a pub in Melbourne in Richmond that I used to work at in between sort of training during the day. And one of the old locals there was a, an old actor. I didn't know he was an actor. I just thought he was one of the locals, Billy Hunter. And oh he, yeah, um, right. He he's not just an actor. He's a really fantastic actor. No, I mean, I didn't. <laughs> I mean, I had, I had no idea who anyone was at that time. And he was just a, 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 an old guy. I said because he was an. I didn't know that. At the time, I mean, a lot of people probably don't know, Bill used to, he was a world-class swimmer at one point. I mean, he had a record, an Australian record over Murray Rose for about three minutes, I think, at one point, and then got beaten in the next finals. But he was a, a competitive swimmer, and that's how he got into um, into, into acting himself. Um, I think he was a body double for Gregory Peck or something like that for a swimming film, and that sort of started. He, so he sort of took a shine to my sort of sporting 
you know, career. And we used to talk a lot about that because, you know, he sort of, his sporting side, little did I know he was actually quite a well-known actor. And he'd always sort of said, I thought he was joking, that, you know, once we're done with the sport, we'll, we'll point you in the right direction to get you in front of the camera. And I used to just laugh it off. And, um, and then down the track, I think I realised that he was, you know, he was such an accomplished actor and it just, uh, it, it, it just, it ignited a little spark, I guess. But it didn't. Um, he didn't do it. I didn't do anything or open any doors or anything like that. He just sort of, you know, planted a seed and sort of let it grow. And um, and from then on, so I sort of I thank him and I curse him now um, <laughs> that I've been doing it for a good twelve, fifteen years. But um, yeah, very. You know, and I had a knee injury that sort of put me out of contention of competing anymore. So it was a kind of a, that was a blessing in disguise because I. I sort of, you know, I ended up moving up to Sydney not long after and, um, you know, trying to get into drama school for a few years. It took me a few years to actually get in. but And then, um, and yeah, and then that, that was it. I sort of, uh, I'm here now, so. And it took yeah, you it was, over. It was, an, it was an accident. Yeah, it was an accident, but I, you know, there's nothing else that I can do. Nothing else that I, I'm not trained in anything or, you know, um, I'm not in love with anything else like I am with performing. So I think I found my calling in the end. Actually, it's funny because uh, competing at such a level and being entirely focused on something is actually good training for acting, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of similarities. I mean, especially with sort of individual sports, you know, something like swimming and and taekwondo that I was doing. A lot of the pressures are the same. A lot of the, you know, the mindsets, the, you know, the the... the the disappointment, the rejection, the hard work that goes into it, the sort of analysis of, you know, constructive sort of, you know, self-criticism and that kind of thing to grow. And so, yeah, I think definitely, I mean, you know, I think the pressure too of, um, you know, competing on a, on a world stage in front of sort of pretty decent crowds over in Europe and stuff, it's a similar, it's a very similar feeling to... Um, you know, whether you're on stage, you know, in live performance or, you know, you're there with a, a crew of, you know, 20, 50, 10 people, whatever it is, and you're sort of, you know, they call action and you're in the moment and you're ready to go. So there are definitely a lot of similarities. I didn't think that I was um, I, I was probably, you know, that we're going to be helpful down the track, but they, they definitely have come in, um, in handy, so. Well, it's a very competitive world being in acting and Australia is a, quite a small pool as well, so. Um, yeah, definitely. It's become even more competitive now with, um, you know, the current situation, the pandemic and everything. Because a lot of the a lot of the big names from America, are, or not even necessarily big names, but sort of you know consistently working actors that have been living in LA, are, a lot of them have sort of been back here for the duration. So it's um, which is good. I mean, it makes it it makes it a lot more competitive to get a job. But um, yeah, it's a, it, it is a small pool, but it, it still is. Um, you know, it's, it's still it's still hard to get a gig here. You've been lucky in some ways. I mean, I'm sure you've got lots of uh, personal attributes, don't get me wrong, um, but you've played tough guys in two major serials on television in Australia, which were um, really big uh, ticket items, really. Uh, the And I suppose the Home and Away one, your physical self, et cetera, was, made you perfect for the part. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's. Um, I mean, I, I, I when I was younger, I sort of got a couple of good TV roles, and you know, I was pretty pretty naive thinking that was it. It's going to launch me off, and then uh, I soon realised that you know the hard work and years of 
dedication that's um, required to sort of, you know, make a career out of this. And, um, yeah, Home and Away came along, I think, later in my career. I think most people probably jump on board that when they're young, but um, I sort of went in a bit later. And, and look, at first I was hesitant because, you know, I, I do understand that there's a bit of a, a reputation or tarnish towards your name sometimes when you go on a soap opera. No one else will touch you. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I got to sort of do you know, 260 or 70 episodes in a couple of years and really, you know, work work on that sort of onset experience. So I think it's, um, you know, I look back at it now, I've been, you know, invaluable experience and I'm very grateful for it. Yeah, it's, yeah, um, it, it's a bit, yeah. Pop, you're, you're a bit of a pop idol. But the but from an actor's point of view, I mean, that's that's the, uh, how you deal with stardom in that sort of context and all that sort of stuff is one thing, but, um, and, and important, but, from an actor's point of view, working so arduously for so long uh, on a particular project is pretty big deal, isn't it? It's hard work. Well, def- I mean, yeah, we were doing sort of. I mean, it's it's. I sort of equate it to a full time job in another industry um, that most people are used to. But as an actor, to sort of get up and do ten hours a day, um, you know, doing that five days a week, six days a week, and um, you know, yeah, definitely. You don't really have time for a life outside it. Um, you know, if you're not at work, um, you're, you're at home learning lines for something so quick and fast-paced, and, the, and the, the volume of work you're pumping out there is pretty extraordinary. So, I mean, some, you know, that, I prefer sort of, you know, that sort of slower-paced work. You know, in that in the film and that kind of thing, you get to sort of put more into it. There's more time. Um, it's very sort of uh, factory-like in the in that sort of serial TV, but it's great experience. And at the end of the day, you know, you, you're getting a paycheck in an industry where there's you know 90 something percent unemployment rate. So you've, you've got to be grateful. Yeah, it also builds your stamina, I should imagine, and it makes a difference. Yeah, and I suppose if you've got that behind you, yeah. Well, that's the thing. I sort of I was lucky enough halfway through my contract there to get a um, a pretty remarkable film over in New Zealand, a a, a gang film called Savage, and that was a lot slower paced, but just coming straight sort of, you know, off that high paced intensity, but, you know, with that, that work ethic really sort of, you know, you, you, yeah, you really think you've got days and days and days to shoot stuff. So it was, um, it was a good, it was a good, good, very good, very different, but it was, I think, yeah, I think it, it definitely helps me now. And just having, the more time you have on set, the more comfortable you get, the more relaxed you are. And therefore that sort of in turns into, you know, I find the more relaxed you are and the more work you've done leading up to being there before they call action, that, you know, you're going to get a better performance. And, and something like, you know, there's fast-paced Australian dramas that, or the serials, you know, they really sort of hone you in that. Cause if, you, if you don't keep up and do the work, you drown pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. Hi, um, my name's Maya Newell and I made a film called Gaby Baby and recently a film called In My Blood It Runs. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio. You're with Annie on Showreel, where we look at things happening in the Australian filmmaking world. Today we are chatting with Jake Ryan about acting, and in particular his role as Dave Bush in the recently released film by Tyson Wade Johnston, Streamline. Well, let's get to why we actually are speaking, which is Streamline. Um, your your uh, role, David Bush, is you do a great job in this. You do a very good oh, job in you. this. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, uh, yeah, I had um, a lot of fun with that. Yeah, tell us, tell us. I mean, uh, uh, because you've done tough guy roles before, but 
the strength of this film is that it actually lifts a lid on the emotional states of these characters. Yeah, definitely. I mean, look, it's, you can read a, a character like Dave. I mean, I read about the script. I mean, the first time I read the script, it's pretty clearly, you know, <clears throat> puts him in that sort of tough guy bracket. But there's, there's, you know, and credit to Tyson though, Johnson who wrote it and directed it. He's such a, uh, a layered character. And I think what I find interesting about guys like that is that, you know, you need to find the humanity within them. You need to find the vulnerability. The vulnerability is what makes those tough guys interesting. And, um, you know, whether they're fighting that the whole time um, within themselves. But I, I tend to get those characters quite often and I enjoy them. I, I enjoy these damaged characters. I think there's a lot more you can sort of, you know, I love the sort of work you do before you get on set, the research and, the, you know, the character development and all that. And that, I find there's a lot more juice with a lot of these damaged characters. So um, I'm happy to be typecasting that kind of uh, that kind of guy as long as the work's there. Tyson wrote and directed this. So tell me about that discussion you had with him about what he wanted from you. He was pretty open. Like, I mean, I, I was recommended to Tyson for the role by um, the producer, Blake Northfield, who I've previously done a couple of films with. And also um, one of the executive producers from Arclight in LA that I've done a film with, uh, Ryan Hamilton, they sort of both independently recommended me for, this, for Dave to Tyson. So he was sort of, um, we basically just had a big chat about it. Um, probably one of the first times I haven't had to audition. Um, it's sort of, we just had a big chat about the character and that kind of life and my past life, in, you know, in that sort of elite sporting world and, and really understanding um, Boy Lane's character and the pressures that he was going on and all that sort of stuff. So it was just sort of like a Tyson sort of gave me a bit of free reign with that. He sort of pointed, you know, had a few things, but he, he was pretty open with um, where we wanted to go with it and, you know, what, what I wanted to bring. And then um, I sort of, I got, uh, he was sort of after the other brother, Nick Bush, and there was a friend of mine, Sam Parsonson, who's a phenomenal actor uh, yeah. in Australia. Um, he he sprung to mind straight away, so I was pretty quick to sort of try and get Sam in on that. And we, me and Sam, spent a lot of time together, you know, working that relationship and the brother relationship. So you know, we could get on set and it'd just be second nature. And I think that really sort of, from what I saw, some early cuts of it, that it that kind of comes through quite quite well. I think the the brother relationship it feels very natural and. Um, you know, and that, that's that's due to the sort of work that we, we put in with Tyson. But he also, yeah, did give us the free reign. I remember he did send me a picture. <laughs> I asked him about six months out, um, you know, physically what he thought Dave Bush would uh, would look like. And he, he actually sent me some pictures of Brad Pitt and Fight Club. So <laughs> <laughs> we laugh about it now because I was like, oh, I was far from that, mate. I, uh, I probably went completely the other way. But... Um, I mean, I thought it was important that Dave represented everything that Boy wasn't. Um, you know, Boy's a young, fit, healthy athlete, and Dave's a sort of, you know, a, a, a small insight into what he could end up if he doesn't sort of stay on track. So I thought it was important that, you know, Dave was as unfit, unhealthy, you know, heavy drinking, heavy partying, you know, a bit of a slog. So we sort of met halfway in between. Um, Brad Pitt and, <laughs> and, 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 and we got to that. So I think it looks better. I think it, I think it suits better. And, and plus, I 
I'm too old to be doing the work like that to get into <laughs> to get into shape for sure. Yeah, well, no, well, the the point really is that the one of the reasons why it is so compelling is the way you two work so well together, the two brothers, and um and it's so, it's such a, a oh, dare I say it, a depiction of a working class uh, milieu that uh, escapes attention. In I mean, it, it's felt really real. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, I know, we both know, me and Sam both know people growing up that, you know, I mean, look, at, at a point in my life, I, I could have well ended up, you know, without the support and, you know, loving family that I've been fortunate to have, you know, there, there's a couple of points in my life where I could have ended up like Dave Bush, without a doubt. And, um, you know, I actually spoke to Wayne Blair, the um, yeah. filmmaker and actor, and he's a good friend and a good friend of Blake Morfield, the producers, and he, um, I just spoke to him about the character and he, his advice was, he's like, look, you know, this is, there's a dark side of you that is, you know, very close to Dave Bush or could have been Dave Bush. And he's like, just sit in that and try not to do as much. He's like, the less acting you do in this and the more just sitting in the reality of it, the better your performance would be. So, you know, I'm grateful I had that chat with Wayne because I think I tried to do that as much as I could and um, it, it, hopefully it, it sort of pays off. I'm yet to see the final product. So I, um, I'm oh, well, it, I have and it's really good. <laughs> and, and, the, and the thing too is that people of this sort are really frightening to the people from out, outside them. They're, yeah, they definitely. frighten people. But you actually take people inside uh, and the um, relationship with the second brother um, is very revealing about the fact that they're actually human beings. Yeah. I mean, what I think it's, you know, the thing about something like this is that, you know, you could meet people like Dave and Nick and, but, you know, you don't have no idea what their upbringing was and the traumas that they've sustained at a young age, you know, whether, you know, as in this case with an abusive, alcoholic, you know, power-driven police father who's you know and, that, and like you just don't know what these anyone on the street is you know dealt with and i think the, the one thing i really loved about this skip is that you know quite often especially in swimming like they're our heroes they're our olympic champions and they're our greatest sports stars and, and i grew up a big Falky fan he was my olympic hero and you, you never hear you know you only hear about the gold medals and the you know the, the kellogg's the nutrigrain ads and that kind of thing that's all you sort of see of them growing up so for this to sort of shine a light on what goes on behind some of these young kids, whether they make it or not, but you know, it, it's not all it's not all roses, and it's not all just five a.m. You know, swimming up and down a, a pool. There's a lot of other factors that go involved, and I'm sure there's a lot of kids that have come through you know Olympic programs and either made Olympic teams or missed out on Olympic teams or won Olympic medals that have you know similar pasts and um, that you just don't know about. So I thought that was quite interesting to to shine a light on that instead of just making a, a glorified, you know, ride like a girl kind of, you know, champion film, um, which is a great film in its own right, don't get me wrong. It's just, um, I think the dark side of this makes it, really makes it human. It's a brave move that they did because, you, you know, it's quite easy. You can you can go for a commercial success and, um, you know, really sort of just lean on that sort of sporting prowess and the, the, the champion and the, you know the rising up from the, under the ranks or underdog sort of story, but I think it was quite brave of them to to sort of stick to what Tyson really wanted and um, really sort of you know go into that dark world. Um, and also you know like you don't you, I, I do like the fact how we don't know you know <laughs> Boy mightn't have done any good at the Olympics. I think by the end 
interesting. Like, you know, we don't even really know what really happens at the end of his sporting career. So I think that's, that's also quite interesting. Yeah, I do too. I think it's really fascinating, you know, the relationships between all the members of the family and how they're all affected and their relationship with the women and uh, and everything. Everything is laid out mm. like a, a picnic. It's 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 a really yeah. oh, cool. nicely put together film. I, I thought yeah, he's it was. a real talent, Tyson. I'm, I'm, I'm super excited to see what he does next and I hope I'm uh, involved <laughs> in something with him down the track, but... Yeah, he, he's a super talented writer and, and director. He's, um, you know, so it's, um, yeah, I'm, I'm quite excited for it to get out and people to see because I think it's something that a lot of people are going to be able to relate to and will enjoy whether they're sort of younger kids in sporting realms or, you know, it, it doesn't, it's not just pigeonhole an audience. It, it, it's pretty broad, so. Yeah, nicely put together. I noticed uh, uh, that you like to make it known that you're an artist as well. Um, I don't know what medium you are an artist in, but um, and of course, being an actor is being an artist. But uh, do, do you find that uh, being an artist, uh, a visual artist, centres you? Yeah, I mean, look. To be, I haven't. I, I've, I've something that I, I have a two-year-old now, so I have very little time to. <laughs> um, are they packing bags and, yet? You know, it's, yeah, <laughs> his rules are loose. Let's say that. So, but we're you know we're both. My partner, my fiance, she's um you know she paints a lot as well, and it's just something that I'd love to be doing more of. But it definitely is a it's just a it's it's, it's a form of um I suppose meditation and an outlet and you know a real sort of chance to sort of to just switch off from the world and go in and and um, yeah just sort of enjoy that sort of creative freedom and flow which is um yeah i think it's definitely something i want to do more of it's been a few years since i've picked up a brush but um yeah and i, I it's just something i do for myself you know i think it's I, I was sign of school educated so i was sort of had a paintbrush in my hand before i could read and write so it's something that was ingrained to me as a young kid so oh you're a lucky boy i think uh, being sign of school educated is a, a bonus yeah, oh, look, I, I loved it. I don't know any different. I went there from kinder right through the year 12, so I've got nothing to compare it with, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And, um, yeah, definitely be sort of looking down that avenue for my son. So, yeah. It allows you to roll with the punches. That's what I'm really getting at, I suppose. And being an actor, you really need to roll with the punches. Yeah, definitely. I mean, look, I don't think if I if I sort of, if I didn't go through the sign education, I probably wouldn't have ended up, you know, being an actor. Um I probably would have, uh, you know, tried my luck as a footballer and, you know, ended up, uh, um, you know, building or something, which is something that I do in between jobs anyway. I sort of work with builders, labouring, digging their holes. So, it's, I mean, I'm not opposed to doing any of that. But, um, yeah, I think definitely that upbringing is, it was instrumental in, in um, pushing me towards what I do now. So, again, very grateful for that, yeah. Just just one last thing. Um, many, because uh, the whole, and I mean, I know COVID's put a little bit of a kibosh on this, but the avenues into international acting sphere is great these days. Uh, and you sound like you might have an agent in Los Angeles. Um, is that something that you are involved in at all? Yeah, I mean, I do. I, I have got rep over there. I mean... I suppose I've been lucky with these. Um, when COVID started, a lot of these American productions have come to Australia, and I managed to sort of get you know small bits on Nine Perfect Strangers. It's currently sort of airing on on Amazon Prime, and then um, 
I'm going to do some work on the, the Joe Exotic, the Tiger King one up in the Gold Coast. Right. Um, you know, sort of entry permitted. And um, there's another show with uh, on Stan. We just shot Wolf Like Me, which was, was which was great. Which has Josh Gad from America and Isla Fisher. And so there, look, there is. And I got lucky with a few. They're only small roles, but um, to sort of get some credit on the board in American productions, it's, you know, it's quite lucky that a few of the a lot of these jobs have, have come out here to film. So, I mean, I think a lot of them are getting scared off now and heading back to the States. But, um, yeah, look, I, I'd love a career that sort of gave you those opportunities, but I'm I'm not about to pack up and move to LA. I've done a few of those trips, and I think it's okay when you're younger, but I don't really feel like heading over there with a young family. And, you know, I think a bit of stability here with, with the kids is, uh, is going to be important. And, but the good thing is now technology, you know, you, you self-tape a lot of stuff. A lot of the stuff taped and, you know, they can put you on a plane next week if they like you or want you. So and a lot of um, meetings are done on Zoom and auditions are done on Zoom. So there's, uh, you know, I think it's, you don't necessarily have to be based there anymore, which is good. Yeah. Uh, what, what about accents? Do you do a coach? Have you got an accents coach or did you, what do you do? Oh, uh, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, I did a, a sort of role dependent. Like I had a, I did some work with a, with an accent coach for the Savage, the Kiwi film. Um, but I also had, you know, fifty crew members pulling me up on every Aussie word every time I said something <laughs> sounded right. So that was healthy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've sort of, there's a few people that you know, I sort of go with. That, you know, every now and again, if a, a particular accent comes up that you're not very comfortable with, I think it's important to. To get that down pat, because if, you, if you're worrying about the accent, you're not going. The rest of the work's not going to work. So you need to. That needs to be um, ingrained in second mate. The work needs to be done with that, so you can concentrate on the acting side of things. So some of the worst speaking auditions I've done is when I've you know I've been worrying so much about the accent, and forgot what I was actually meant to be doing. So it's yeah, it's important. You have got to put the work in for it. it doesn't come easy for me. Mm, yeah. Some people are very gifted with accents, but yeah, I'm I'm a pretty thick you know, blue-collar Aussie accent, so I've got to work hard at it. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. So a lot of preparation before you do a pro, uh, do acting, do a part, right? Lots of preparation. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah you sort of have to, and I, 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 quite, I really enjoy that side of it. You know, sometimes it's more enjoyable than actual work when you're on set, sort of that sort of research involved and the, the character development and, um, you know, all... All that, whether it's the accent, the movement, sort of, you know, finding the nuances for your character, all that kind of stuff, I find, you know, quite enjoyable and happy to sort of tuck away and, you know, sit in a room by yourself for a while and develop these guys. So, I mean, it's all part of it. And um, But, yeah, I, I quite enjoy that, probably more so than actually being on set filming, to be honest. <laughs> Have you ever done any uh, theatre stuff? I've done a bit. I did, uh, I mean, not much at all. Like, I wish I, I'd love to do some more theatre, but um, you've got nowhere to hide on stage. I can hide behind the camera and other actors where I think to have a successful theatre career, you're sort of, you know, you're, you're the cream of the cream, in my opinion, as, you know, performers. In, in. So, look, I'd do it again. I haven't done it for years. I think since drama school, the last time I did live theatre, and, and there's, a, there's a buzz there, and a, there's a, a very similar to the fighting, there's, you know, that. You're on stage. There's, there's nowhere to hide. You know, there's a, there's a moment there that you know is pretty special that you just don't get on a film set. 
Um, I mean, you'll do a film and then two years later it'll come out and you've sort of forgotten half of what you were doing anyway. So, um, but, you know, different mediums. And if, if that opportunity arose, I'd, I'd love to jump into a, um, you know, a bit of theatre. So, but, um, yeah, we'll just see. Well, as you said, you haven't seen the final cut of uh, Streamline, um, but I have and it is worth going to see. Oh, beautiful. Thank you very much. I look forward to it. It's a shame, <laughs> thank- we are, shame, we, shame we couldn't come down for myth, but, um, you know, it'll be out on the second, I think, now, and then stand a bit later. So at least it's going to get out there to people. Yeah, well, it's worth it. And thanks very much for talking to me. No, no, thanks a lot, Annie. You take care. You too. That's it this week. Just a little note about a film called The Last Days of Loneliness, an experimental film produced by refugee filmmaker Sadi Selkink and featuring pioneer Australian film producer John Flouse. Lovely to see John Flouse again on the screen, which was scheduled to screen at Acme on September the 2nd, but no doubt will be rescheduled. Keep an eye out for it. It deals with the themes of ageing, death and human connection, and it takes on an additional resonance in the midst of the ongoing pandemic and the disconnection people feel from each other. We will see if we can get a word from... Sadine for some time in the future. With that, I say goodbye until next week. Keep safe. Listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.